ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Ypulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their deep dive trend report on young consumers and sports. Mary Lee Bliss, Ypulse's VP of content, is here to discuss what Ypulse's research can tell us. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me again. A theme that's been a through line for my entire career has been that we're operating in an attention economy and that the consumer is at the center. And this is true for television, film, social media, and even sports. And certainly sports with its live, unpredictable outcomes and built-in fan base has been better positioned than a lot of other things vying for our attention. And then came the pandemic and sports found themselves on short on content and needing to scramble a bit. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation and diving into how young consumers are feeling about sports and the effect the pandemic had on these feelings. But before we jump into the study, can you give us the top line about the population you survey, your methodology and margin of error? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Y-Pulse is the leading research group focused on Gen Z and millennials. We are completely uh, concentrated on young consumers, uh, 13 to 30 nine-year-olds in the U.S. Um, with plans to expand uh, internationally soon. Ooh, um, exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Um, so uh, we are constantly talking to young consumers and interviewing them about their behaviors, you know, their shopping, their social media, but also the larger trends that they're fueling, the big shifts that are happening because of them and that are influencing the way that they feel about brands. Those surveys fuel all of our reports, are exclusive to our business account users and our uh, N of a thousand for each survey. So with a very small margin of error, about 3%. So you're really looking at near real-time stats of how young consumers feel about these big major shifts that are uh, changing their lives and changing things for brands. Fantastic. So let's set the stage. Pre-pandemic, where your research had young consumers vis-a-vis sports just as a baseline. Yeah, absolutely. So Gen Z and millennials have this reputation in the industry for leaving sports behind. Um, You know, there's been so many headlines that they're just not watching. They don't care. Um, The reality is a little bit more complex than that, as we so often find, you know, those big headlines don't often tell the whole story. Gen Z and millennials feel that they are sport fans. You know, they tell us that they are fans of sports, the majority of them. So that's great news for the industry. Um, It's not that they don't care. 63% of 13 to 39 year olds consider themselves a sport fan. Um, It was strong before the pandemic, but we actually saw those numbers increase because of the pandemic, which might sound counterintuitive uh, because sports (laughs) dropped off the face of the earth for a second. But it really was a brief moment that sports, um, you know, wasn't wasn't airing. Um, all the leagues figured out ways to be on the platforms that young consumers were spending their time. But there was also a little bit of an absence makes the heart grow fonder feeling. Um, we saw increases among 
all groups of young consumers, Gen Z males, Gen Z females, millennial males, millennial females, um, for those who consider themselves a sport fan from March 2020 compared to March 2021. And it's the majority of all groups. Interesting. And so, um, so COVID, which has accelerated a lot of trends that we've seen in other industries, uh, it functioned a little bit differently here. Um, so we, we see this growth in fandom. What were some of the drivers of fandom growth? Well, absolutely. There was, you know, this lack of clear sports events to glom onto to watch. And in the absence of those things, um, you know, I feel young consumers were realizing that sports, you know, make things more exciting. So we had 63% of 13 to 39 year olds sports fans agree during the pandemic that lights without sports is boring. Um, And it's not that uh, sports being put on pause disrupted their interest or that they lost interest. They, you know, they in in fact became more interested because they weren't able to watch it. And, and there was some boredom there. (laughs) Well, but so beyond, beyond that boredom, were there, are there other things that feed into why an individual becomes a fan, this sort of what's the, if we're thinking of a sales pipeline, you know, funnel, (laughs) what are some of the things that contribute to getting somebody into that sports fandom funnel? Yeah, it's really interesting. We asked young consumers who consider themselves sports fans, again, the majority of young consumers, why they're sports fans, what makes them interested in in watching sports. Um, And overall, among all 13 to 39 year olds, the number one reason that they are fans is because they are excited by competition. It's the lore of competition that is bringing them in. That's the entertainment. Now, there were some differences between groups when we drill into uh, millennials versus Gen Z, millennial males versus uh, Gen Z females. Interestingly, millennial males, the number one driving reason is that it's relaxing to watch. Um, So they're looking for some tune-out time. Now, very closely behind that for millennial males is that they're excited by competition. And I'll focus on millennial males um, here because they are the most likely group to say that they are sports fans. you know, 78% of millennial males say that they're sports fans. You know, that's that's certainly the, the driving group currently. Um, but then for Gen Z males, Gen Z females and millennial females uh, who consider themselves sports fans is that they're excited by the competition. So um, we saw some really interesting related behaviors um, you know, fueled by this love of competition that might surprise some people in the industry. The kinds of things that they're interested in watching you know, that competition um, allure and and the love of watching it, it's not restricted to just sports, uh, but it's certainly what brings them in as sports fans. Interesting. And so I'm curious about relaxing. Was that a term that you supplied to them? Uh, Because, or do they see it as anything that's entertaining and not my job or what I'm worried about is, (laughs) is de facto relaxing? Because I... I'm having trouble squaring relaxing with competition. And when I think about fantasy leagues or gambling and Mm -hmm. things like that, which feed into competition, but also feed into entertainment, right? 
Absolutely. Well, entertainment is relaxing for young consumers. We see in our content cure trends that Gen Z and millennials are tuning in to specific shows, specific genres um, with purpose to tune out from the world and escape from anxiety and stress. For millennial males, particularly, but certainly there's a factor there for many young sports fans, tuning into that competition is escape and it and that's relaxation for them. Um, so 87% of millennial male sports fans say that watching sports helps them relax and decompress. Oh, okay. So it's about that decompression time, I think. Okay. And yes, relaxation is a, is a term that we provided them. You know, we gave them a huge list of reasons why they are sports fans. Um, and it's relaxing to watch was one of those reasons. Um, mm. 45% of millennial males said that that is what uh, a top reason that they are a sports fan, followed by 43% who say they're excited by competition. So again, they're really neck and neck. And, you know, though they are um, not necessarily sounding like <laughs> they go together, um, you know, watching other people's competition and getting invested in that and um, being able to focus on something that, as you said, is not their job or their stress or the stress of the world at large. Um and so it's escapism. I, I, I like that. I like that it, it buckets into that. What about, you know, if I'm part of a sports franchise and I'm interested in growing it, what about youth sport participation? How important are those youth leagues? Yeah, we definitely wanted to dig into this when we were looking at sports fandom for young consumers, because the, again, there had been headlines um, over the last decade or so that interest in youth sports was waning. Mm. Um, and what did that mean, you know, for the industry overall? All, there has also been, you know, concerted effort among many leagues to invest in youth sports. Right. Um, but does that result in anything? Um, and we certainly found that being involved in sports growing up is a gateway to being a sports fan. Absolutely. It's the gateway drug. <laughs> it is. It is. And it makes sense. You know, it's not right. a shocking thing, but it's nice to see that they, the data really supports that. And, um, you know, to create create the next generation of sports fans. Yes. Having them play sports as young people, as kids um, is one of the main ways potentially to do that. So we Does, saw can that. Can I jump in? Can I jump in? One thing I'm curious though, is it tied to the sport that they're interested in? If I play soccer as a youth, am I liable to be more of a soccer fan or is it just, I play any sport and I'm liable to be a, a fan of a sport, which may or may not be the same sport that I played. No, that's a really interesting question. Um, we didn't dig into the specific sports they played as young people, as kids, um, and the sports that they they watch now. But I can say that the the number one sport that young consumers watch overall um, and say that they follow is football, and that is certainly not um, the number one sport that they played growing up. So right. I don't think. Um, you know, we would love to dig into that data and potentially could do some interesting cross tab to to find that. Um, but just from what I do know, I don't think it is about the specific sport that they played growing up. Um, it's just 66% of young pe people who played a sport growing up is a sports fan overall versus 38% who didn't play. So, mm. you know, the gap between those who played a sport growing up and feel their sports fans and those who didn't play growing up and feel, feel their sports fans is enormous. Interesting. So given the robust state of fandom, is it fair to say that you expect live sports to rebound? 
post-COVID. Yes, absolutely. Um, live sports experiences. Um, this is something that young sports fans are craving. Um, when we ask young consumers what they're looking forward to um, doing post-COVID in terms of live events, and we ask them about movies and concerts, food festivals, museums, conferences, all of these things. For young sports fans, the number one answer is sporting events, hmm. um, especially, again, among um actually, especially among Gen Z sports fans who um, are, are really craving experiences. You know, we've talked about Gen Z feeling more isolated than uh, millennials in this last year, although both have. Um, but Gen Z are particularly really looking forward to sporting events. Now, mind you, that that includes school events. Um, so Gen Z is in school, um, you know, looking forward to having those um, those milestones and traditions reinstated for them. Um, so that's included in there. But that said, there's certainly high interest in live sporting events among young sports fans. Well, and this is consistent with some academics research on post-pandemic behavior. The more important the behavior pre-pandemic, the more likely they are to re-engage. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking about these sporting events and, and participating again in any of these movies, concert, food festivals, all of that, when they're doing this self-assessment, what's the timing? Is it um, now spring, summer, or is it summer, fall? What is the time frame that they're anticipating their own participation to happen? Yeah. This is a notoriously difficult thing to pin down and answer. And in fact, some have said almost impossible to predict because it differs depending on region, right. it di- differs depending on each group, of course, but also upon upon individual as well. Um, and for most young consumers, what we've seen is that they say it's when they're comfortable mm. or when they've been vaccinated. Right. So, you know, it, it might be a slow um, recovery in a lot of industries, including live sports. Um, but that also goes hand in hand with what live sports events are are doing to make them feel safe. Um, you know, many uh, stadiums are uh, asking for proof of vaccination or putting vaccinated people in all together in one section um, uh-huh. and non-vaccinated in another. So, again, depending on, you know, what the arena is uh, might impact that answer. Um, right. And if it's outdoors or indoors, all those exactly, kinds of things. Exactly. Right? But certainly we can expect that it's not going to happen all at once. Well, thinking about in real life sporting events, is it all about the game or is it, is that in real life event a broader thing that they're valuing, a broader experience? Yeah, this is a really important um issue when it comes to young consumers and sports fandom in general. Um, While live events go attending live events, there's high interest. Um, Certainly we've seen that streaming and social media um, have disrupted their interest in live broadcast games and the game in general, that, that moment, um, tuning into that moment live is, is not necessarily as important to Gen Z and millennial sports fans as it might have been to previous generations. And that's where those headlines um, are coming from. Right. Uh, Right. That's where that reputation is coming from that they don't care about sports, um, because they're not acting like, the sports fans of, of your, (laughs) you know, um, and anytime Gen Z and millennials disrupt a viewing behavior, um, or a purchasing behavior, uh, it's often, um, 
attributed to just disinterest. Um, but, huh. but very often what we see it could is, just be optionality, right? I mean, exactly. Is that they're doing it a different way. Um, or they are, you know, inventing their own way to do something. And in this case, we see that, you know, we've tracked, uh, viewing of, uh, leagues and sports that they follow and how they watch those leagues and sports. Um, and we've absolutely seen drop off of the number who watch um, the things that they like, like to watch in sports live and increases uh, in streaming. But I think just as important is that uh, young consumers feel that they don't have to watch a game live to uh, uh, understand what's going on and to keep up. 65% of young sports fans, fans agree that they don't need to watch sports games live to keep up with what's going on. The majority of both Gen Z and millennials say that. And 80% of sports fans are watch sports highlights on social media or are interested in doing that. So, you know, this is on their phones. Um, they're watching clips. And quite frankly, you know, this these generations of sports fans are at young ages learning to get sports updates on social. And yes, that's going to eat into traditional sports broadcasting. Well, what's interesting is, is when we think about what fandom and engagement is and about how social media functions to identity signal and create your tribe, it's almost as if they're leapfrogging. Mm -hmm. They just need the highlights to be part of their tribe. They just need in order to keep up, as you said, it's about being part of this group. And yes, the game is part of it, but it's almost the fandom itself is a thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and so one piece of that, of signaling fandom is merchandise purchasing. And if we saw a growth in fandom, did you see a similar growth in, in purchase of merch? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, you know, something that I think the industry may be, um, might expect that young people are not as interested in sports merch. But with young consumers, we have seen and studied fandoms overall. You know, we mm -hmm. have several reports on Gen Z and millennials and fandom and their investment in the things that they love, whether that be a television show, a band or artist, um, or, or a sports league. Right. And we see that, um, you know, certainly young consumers are spending on merch. 79% right. um, of young sports fans say they show support for their favorite teams by wearing that team's apparel. 60% um, of Gen Z versus 84% of millennials. Hmm. And uh, when we ask them, you know, how much are you spending on average per year, you know, they give us their self-estimates. We combine that up into um, a self-estimated yearly average is $124 billion that wow. young sports fans uh, spend on sports merch based on their own estimates. Have you seen that go up? If you, because you do these reports annually, has that estimation gone up? This is actually something we ask specifically for this um, ah, scouting okay. next-gen sports fans, okay. um, which is a trend report that we did this year. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I'm so curious because I'm also thinking, I wonder if it becomes a virtuous cycle that somebody is a, a mild fan, mm. starts buying the merchandise, then becomes a more engaged. They've invested, they've purchased. And does that make them more liable? And is this another way to, um, 
to gin up engagement. Yeah, well, we'll absolutely keep tracking this um, this number. Now that we have this base, we'll see we'll see how things change over time. Well, one of the things that all of this is so positive, but of course there's a but and there's a warning light for the future. Um, and 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 what is that? What is the warning light? Absolutely. So you know, we call it out very clearly in the report that there's good news <laughs> that, you know, m- the majority of young consumers consider themselves sports fans. That is great. The bad news, the warning is that Gen Z sports fans are less engaged. They're less invested than millennial sports fans. I mentioned that millennial males are the largest group of Mm -hmm. young sports fans with 78% of millennial males considering themselves sports fans currently. Um, That's compared to 67% of Gen Z males. Hmm. Um, And Gen Z overall are just less likely to to consider themselves sports fans. But also when we look at the leagues that young sports fans follow, Gen Z is less likely to be following um, a particular league across the board. and can I just ask for one clarification? Because obviously you, so there are less Gen Z engaged in, in sports, but then when you look at those that are engaged within that group, are they also less engaged than the other? Or once you're a sports fan, you're a sports fan and it's even Steven, there's just, there are fewer of them. Which is it? Is it that not only when you're engaged, you're not as engaged? What? Yeah. It's not only that there are fewer young Uh, Gen Z's who consider themselves sports fans, but among those sports fans, Uh, being a sport fan is not as important to them as it is to millennials. So when we look at just young sports fans, 54% of Gen Z sports fans say that being a fan of a sports team is a big part of who they are versus 74% of millennial sports fans. So, so that really is a big warning light. It's because a huge it's, warning light. It's, it's, it's a, this is a big deal. <laughs> it's a huge deal. You know, they consider, you know, the majority do consider themselves sports fans, but less than millennials. And then among those sports fans, they are just less engaged as a group. So yeah. the sports industry needs to start catering to their preferences. Well, and, you know, there are two there shifting are two, viewing. There are two things that I found interesting in the report, and I just want to call them out. One is the decline in WWE. And WWE was one of the drivers of USA Network's uh, number one ranking as a cable channel for years. And it gave Peacock a subscriber boost when it became the exclusive streaming distribution partner. But going from 36% to 12 is a pretty significant drop. And that's something that if you're NBC and you're signing up for license deals, you want to track this, I would think, because it may not be the golden goose it was. And similarly, the Premier League and Major League Soccer, and this is where my question about youth engagement, you know, youth participation, given the number of youths who play soccer and FIFA's rank as the number one sports video game, I was surprised by that drop. So 12% of Gen Z sports fans say that they follow the WWE compared to 36% of millennial sports fans. Um, And yes, that's a big gap. Of course, as I mentioned, there's a huge gap between many of these leagues, including um, Major League Baseball and even the most popular leagues, uh, NFL and NBA. Um, Uh 
So it's an issue for for everyone um, that Gen Z is not as engaged. It doesn't mean that they um, you know don't watch clips. It doesn't mean that um, their their interest couldn't be piqued. It's just that they're not following those leaks, um, and that's a big a big difference. Well, and that's, you know, in real life events, we're seen as the hope for broadcast TV. And it seems like live sports needs to be rethought. Is that an accurate thing to suggest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, For these generations, um, the live game on TV, um, it's just not as much of a draw. And um, social media, you know, I, I... I'm sure leagues roll their eyes, you know, social media and these generations go hand in hand. Um, And, you know, what we have seen is many leagues, including the NBA, including MLB, um, you know, really embrace new platforms, especially during the pandemic, Um, you know, NBA players with when their season was disrupted last year, you know, many of them were on TikTok. <laughs> well, we I was saw- curious, you know, I was curious about, is there a, you know, if we think of every social platform as having a purpose, is there a particular platform that tends to be more sports that, you know, that this is the one they go to for sports? <laughs> Ah, that's a great question. Um, and I, we actually do ask where they go for sports news. Um, I might be able to do that by platform specifically. Um, that said, TikTok is certainly uh, with, you know, a video forward platform. You know, it's all about video clips. It's kind of tailored to, <laughs> you know, airing the small clips that young consumers are interested in watching when it comes to keeping up with sports. Um, right. So, you know, Streaming on social media is certainly one way that they're watching, but they're also watching clips on social Um, and social media feeds is the second highest uh, place that they go to to look up sports news standings and scores. Number one is a search engine. So, you know, digital resources are their their number uh, one resource for finding sports news and social media is right up there at the top. Well, so Uh, the feed though, that could be the feed on Instagram, the feed on TikTok, the feed. Is there a particular Facebook, Twitter? Oh yeah. So it's Facebook, Twitter. That's the one. Those no, the no, it could be any of those. It things, could be any I'm of saying. them. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so we don't, so it isn't parsed. It's you follow the social feed, but you don't, we don't know at this point, which social feed, which. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That that's interesting because of course, again, as a sports franchise and you're, you know, you've only got so much budget, where are you going to put your money? Like, where are they going? Absolutely. Um, well, we do know that uh, Gen Z is most likely overall to be looking at YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Those are their top three social okay. platforms. So, so if you have to pick, that's where time. you should That's where you should go. Yes, and if you want to hit both Gen Z and millennials, YouTube is where um, there's more crossover than other platforms. Hmm. That's interesting. There's 37% of the population that are non-sports fans. Are they convertible? Yeah, we looked at non-sports fans and wanted to see what are they doing. One thing that I think is a huge call out just to understanding both groups is there's this, you know, belief that 
things like esports are, you know, what have been attracting non-sports fans um, and, you know, young consumers who aren't interested in sports are spending all their time gaming, right? Mm. Um, that's not what we found at all. Um, in fact, sports fans are more likely to be watching um, esports uh, and interested in watching esports than non-sports fans uh, because of that competition. Again, the lore of competition is really what's driving young sports fans and they're interested in competition of all kinds, um, Mm. which again is a fragmentation that the industry needs to watch out for. When it comes to young people who say that they are not a sports fan, which is over a third, yes, of Gen Z and millennials, um, there are some things that they say the industry could do to um, to get them to watch. The number one thing that uh, that's really keeping the way is they think it's boring. Huh. Yeah, it's not exciting to them. That's that competition is not exciting. They say it's too boring to watch. Games are too long. Those are the top two reasons. So shorter content. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think some of the things that the NFL has done in the last year, experimenting with uh, Nickelodeon, airing one of their games there with, you know, um, effects, you know, that was really to pull in families, Mm -hmm. but it could be an interesting way to pull in non fans as well to, to figure out how to make games more engaging, um, a little bit less traditional, because if they think it's boring, clearly the traditional um, broadcast is not working for them. Um, the other things that they say would make them more interested in watching sports um, are, you know, the leagues uh, aligning with their values a little bit more. Um, inclusivity is huge to Gen Z and millennials. It's a founding value for both of them. Um, mm. And many leagues have have not shown support for the causes that, that matter to them. Mm. Um, so that's another major thing. But the majority of non-sports fans do say that they can become more interested in sports. Um, so definitely shorter games, <laughs> a big one. Um, more entertainment in games, another more more fan engagement. Um, so basically rethinking, rethinking what those broadcasts consist of um, and how they're presented to young fans and non-fans and where they're presented um, are, are things that the the industry needs to think about. This is so interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next, and I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Nutton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.